Welcome back to the Big Red Hunters podcast. We want to start out by saying thank you to our sponsors, Big Farig Coolers. They offer coolers, cattle coolers that hold medication and vaccinations, tumblers, growlers, and dry boxes. The coolest thing about Big Frig is you can customize it, customize it all with whatever you want. Uh, check them out at bigfrig.com, and uh, if you have any questions, email at info at bigfrig. Our next one is Glory Visuals. They specialize in wedding and commercial films, so they do videography, and it's incredible. Y'all should go check them out on social media. You also can check them out on glorivisuals.com. Next up, Other Grass Outfitters. They specialize in dry field and Canada goose hunts. Uh, they run from November through February, and they've done an awesome video of Dive Bomb Industry, so you check it out. If you want to book a hunt, uh, call Crager at 308-637-7777, or check the other guys' outfitters on Facebook and Instagram. Next up is Faithful Images. Ooh. This is our personal photography business. Um, you can check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Faithful Images Nebraska, or our website, our website, faithfulimages.org. Next up, uh, Redbeard's Custom Calls. He runs the Timber Rattler or the Cut Down Duck Call and Crossing Guard Goose Call. Awesome calls, awesome quality. This guy's no, he knows what he's doing. So give uh, Andrew a call at 712-898-6989 and uh, let him know we sent you because he'll give you 10% off. Yeah, buddy. All right, next one is Chaku Peru, owned by Angelo. He specializes in big game and waterfowl hunts in the U.S., Mexico, South America, Europe, and Australia. So you can check him out at chakupru.com or contact him at 469-999-4043. Last one up and a new sponsor to the podcast, Whitetail Taxidermy in Louisville, Nebraska. Owned by Jody Schultz. Uh, you might know him as Pappy from our YouTube. Awesome guy, and he's an award-winning taxidermist. So give him a call at... 402-630-0031. With that being said, those are our BRH podcast sponsors. We appreciate each and every one of them, and let's jump into the episode. Welcome back to the Bigger at Hunters podcast. Today we've got Jeremy. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing pretty good. It's finally duck season. So, I know. Uh, life's a lot better. It's more complete now. <laughs> is it? Is it, though? No, but it, it is at the same time. You know, it's kind of mixed emotions. So, all oh. over the place. Okay, he's, he's doing all right. He's doing all right. He's going to miss out on all the ducks I shoot this yeah, weekend. Yeah, I'm really mad that there's a cold front, but I'm going elk hunting. So, it's like, again, mixed emotions. Mixed emotions. You texted me the other day about me going to the club with you and i'm like i'm gonna be gone <laughs> you keep forgetting that i'm going elk hunting sucks to suck hey when and I then shoot. uh today we've got jordan the good life outdoorsman how are we doing jordan we're doing pretty good sounds like you had a little better uh opening day than me yeah a little bit it wasn't it wasn't the worst <laughs> uh skunko to 17 so yeah. we're gonna take another l this year <laughs> i'm taking a lot of l's this year unfortunately but uh Hopefully that's just early season. 
I, you know, I, I think we're fixing for a good late season this year with how it's been going. Tomato, potato, it's all the same, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I completely agree with what you said earlier about two weeks behind. I think we're a couple weeks behind. Yeah, well, you you did promise me uh, limits of banded geese, so late yeah. season's looking good for me. Maybe, maybe we'll get Jordan <laughs> on that hunt, too. <laughs> but it does actually, it sounds like... Uh, the pheasant trip for South Dakota November's ago again this year. So aren't you going over deer season? Yep, that's right. Because I was like, you told me, and I was like, man, I wonder if I could go. And then you're like, <laughs> you told me the dates. I was like, I'm gonna be deer hunting. <laughs> we're totally off track already, so. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you a funny story. Nice. So last night we're shooting Blue Rock with Che's brother Drake, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there talking to him and stuff and talking about pheasant hunting. He's like, man, I would always, I've always wanted to go into like pheasant. I took him out to BD last year. Mm. He's like, man, I just really want to go like on an authentic like pheasant hunt. And I was like, oh, oh kicks and giggles. I got a hunt for you. <laughs> and I invited him. And he was just so excited. He was just losing his mind. Just like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait for this. And his girlfriend was out there like just hanging out. And she just looks over with this like just smug look. Not me. She's really sweet. But she just looked like that's my birthday. We're going in. <laughs> we're going to Dan and Shay, and I'm like, oh, wait to take an L. And next thing you know, my wife Shay pops up. She's like, yeah, that's like a one in a lifetime trip. And you just see his just face just get oh, it just oh. just so happy to so fa- like sad so fast. Every man has a decision. I won't lie. My ex, my last ex girlfriend. Granted, it was before we started dating. <laughs> She graduated nursing school, like, lately the Friday I left for deer season a couple years ago. (laughs) And I just called her. I was like, I'm super proud of you. But, like, we had had the trip planned for, like, two months already. Like, like, the date was set. And then, like, a week week before, she's like, I graduate on this day. And I was like, oopsies. But he he kind of gave me the I'll try to talk to her. I was like, "That's not, not going to happen." <laughs> if I'm she's sorry. got a plan already, you're screwed. Well, I guess I've had these tickets for Dan and Shay for like months, so yeah, no, he's the screwed. chance of getting him getting out of it, unfortunately, is zero. But I'm looking forward to that. Back on track. Back on track. <laughs> so Jordan, the Good Life Outdoorsman, you have was it the same thing? Kind of with you and Jeremy is like we've talked on Instagram. Yep. But, like, we never end up getting on a hunt. But finally, last year, we finally got on a hunt. Yeah, finally. We finally got together. I think uh, it was uh, right after duck season opener. I think, I think so. it was, like, a week or so. Yeah. I, I felt terrible because we found a, a good spot. Yeah. And uh, it was, like, a Sunday. We went out, found a decent spot after our hunt. And so I wanted to go down and do an evening hunt. And I think we had been chatting. And yeah. then I was like, well, I got a spot. Let's let's drive, and this is like a two-hour drive from yeah. Lincoln, <laughs> yeah. where we're from. And so he's like, "Yeah, I'll drive. Come, you know, come meet." So we first meet. We go, we go down to this place, and um, yeah, we didn't see a bird. And I'm <laughs> like, "This is a great first impression." Like, you know, yeah. I just invite this guy to this place. I'm like, "Man, I seen so many birds." We get there, evening hunt, just stale, <laughs> nothing. I'm just seeing a lot of uh, parallels of taking L's during duck season for me, <laughs> for everybody. So, I mean, realistically, no, we had, I think we had a good hunt like a week after that anyway. But no, I, I do remember that because I remember like we left 
because we like we got out of there and next you know you just see clouds of ducks like coming in i'm assuming they're roosting there but like just clouds i'm like you son of a gun those early season evening hunts can either be like really good or they just suck you either see a bunch of birds or you're not seeing anything until after shooting light like i've been in that boat so many times that was kind of the scenario i think uh the weather was just really warm still and uh yeah i remember that we pulled out and we get right on the highway and i was just like hunter look to your left yeah and just just clouds of teal jordan's like i told you there was birds here (laughs) they just showed up the wrong time (laughs) that's i mean it is what it is it is what it is (laughs) i don't know you shot at you shot a really good widgeon later on that year in that same spot Yes, we did. Yep. That was, I think, the following weekend. We ended up yeah. having a really good hunt, and uh, we shot a Drake Widgeon. I think I got my, my slam all in one day. Yeah. I had a Drake mm. Widgeon, a Drake Pintail, and a Drake Mallard, and then we had, I, I think I just didn't have my teal. I remember like all I remember day. seeing that picture, because I actually think that was the weekend that we hunted together. I think so, yeah. Because I would like I shot this raggedy-looking Mallard. And raggedy looking <laughs> pintail that finished out my slam actually, and then yeah. I like jump on Instagram because like me and Jordan have been talking yeah, to uh, like the last year. We never got to go on a hunt last year; just didn't work. But I remember getting on, and I was like, "Man, he shot this stud of like pintail, mallard, and widgeon. Like you're perfect. Like almost like I, my dream limit is like one of those limits where you shoot." one drake of like four or five or co- like six different species uh, spoonies all day spoonies, bro <laughs> so funny story like it was like a two or three weeks after that jordan went out with a buddy and just like i he i would joke with him about spoonies too and he just shot like a whole i'm pretty sure you shot a whole limit of spoonies that day. really it was insane. yeah for real closest i've gotten is three i had a hunt last year where i shot three out of one group it was the only shot i got the whole day <laughs> Hey. I shot two hands in this ugly looking <laughs> drake. <laughs> I still have never seen a drake. Well, I've seen drakes definitely on like public waters around yeah. town, yeah. but I'm never hunting a drake. I found me. I found one hole a couple years ago. We were hunting over Thanksgiving, and I mean, this was like Arkansas looking like Hollywood yeah. uh, spoonies. And I literally, like I call up my buddies. I'm like, hey, you know, I finally found a hole. I'd been scouting all day. It was a private spot. Got permission. I was like, "We're if you want to mount a spoonie, like this might be the hunt." We get in there, and like the birds didn't do what we wanted. We shot two hen mallards. That was it. It was like, well, frustrating. Oil. Like there, five hundred birds on this place, mix of teal, pintails, mallards, uh, beautiful spoonies, and I just was like, "Well, bummer. It happens that way." Yeah. The first time I'd ever seen plumed out spoonies in this state is by the time they get to that point, they're south of us. I've seen some on like a reservoir that you couldn't hunt yeah. that was farther north, but there's like five or six of them that are plumed out. But yeah, I still have one that haunts me. <laughs> We're standing there, standing there, just jibber jabbering, fully plumed, just zips on by, and I catch it on the side of my eye and just shot behind it three times. <sighs> it haunts my dreams. <laughs> but back on topic here. So, Jordan. This is a this is a fun story. So I always like to bring it up, and I know you've hunted in the past, but and we've talked about this story. How did you get start hunt like started waterfowl hunting? Oh shoot, um, <laughs> I I can't think if it's it was four or five years ago. Yeah, um, 
I have a really good friend, and uh, they, him and his dad grew up waterfowl hunting, and just finally he was just like, do you want to start waterfowl hunting? And I was like, you know what, you know, I'll give it a shot. And he offered to buy my first waterfowl stamps mm-hmm. and my hunting license. Okay. So he, he bought it for me. He's like, I want to get you in it. So um, we ended up uh, hunting, and then I, I just fell in love with it like instantly. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of waterfowlers can say that. And, yeah, uh, that's pretty much a consistent statement that I get. Yep. So, and so, I just, you know, he uh, he ended up getting married and stuff. So I stopped kind of hunting with him. He doesn't hunt that much, but I ended up just kind of teaching myself and going mm-hmm. out on my own. My grandpa threw me some handy down mallards that definitely are old, <laughs> 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 very very old. But I I started out on my own. I I got familiar with a couple places, started going out, and uh, I had some very successful hunts. And all I really knew how to do was quack. That's that I didn't know how to do anything else. Yeah. Single quacks mm-hmm. started to do really good, and then there, just from there, I just started practicing calling. I started investing in different decoys, and then branching out and meeting new people. That was the biggest thing. Is just you learn so much from everyone you hunt with. Yeah, that is crazy. Like almost word for word is basically how I got into it. So funny, funny story is the dad that took him. Mm-hmm. He's my coworker. He's my boss. <laughs> for real, yeah. That's the funny part. Yeah. Oh, okay. We, we found that out on the the way home from our very first hunt. Just oh. started talking, yeah. and somehow he oh he had told me where he worked, mm-hmm. and I was like, that sounds so familiar. Yeah. And then I brought up uh, my friend, and he's like, yep, <laughs> that's my coworker. Yeah. Wow. That's small crazy. <laughs> small. It's a small world after all. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Wow. It's funny how that works. I, I hate to I mean, the waterfowl community is pretty small. I mean, as expansive as hunting is in general. But it's crazy how, and I, I just want to say this for anybody that's listening, too, is that not only can, like, just think of the impact that that one guy made is, like, getting you into hunting and now you getting into content creation, which we'll we'll talk about in a bit, that also, you know, you taking your buddies and then you encouraging or, you know, getting people into hunting through your journey on content creation. Like, yeah. just know that if you just got one buddy and that's all you got room for and has never got out hunting, just remember, you can make a huge impact doing that. So, I mean, like we talked a couple of weeks ago, that's what I did with Terrell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Terrell watched me, like, hunt. He was, like, on the fence about it. And I finally was just, like, go like let's i'll take you i got all the gear like i probably could have been a little better about buying the stamps kind of like your buddy did like that's a great idea i've never thought about that yeah. i mean it's just a few dollars to you know get somebody into a passion and Terrell can't i mean he can't stop thinking about hunting Trell's yeah. almost more excited to go elk hunting than I am, and I'm the one with the tag like it's crazy he won't shut up about it i won't shut up about it either but yeah Get get one of your buddies into it, and like he might screw them for life. <laughs> Definitely, I I'm uh, way up here compared to five years ago. What I have, and <laughs> I don't regret any of it, of course. And oh, no. I've invested it all, and it's 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 an investment for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff you have lasts a long time if you take care of it. Yeah, you know? we need it. You know, that's a, that's a good idea. So that, that place you went, which I won't talk about on the podcast, right. but we need to plan. The three of us need to Definitely. go out there late season. It's a big, I'll just say, it's a big lake. 
but that's all I'll say. Yep. So it's a lake, so we've been talking about reservoir hunting. We need to go out there and hunt there late season. Is it a different uh, season opener? Like, are there, they're a different zone, correct? Yeah, they're a different zone. They're the late zone. So, yeah, they're the late zone, right? Yeah. I was going to say. It's west. Let's just say that. Yeah. The west, west and north. Northwest. Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I know a couple places out there. Yeah. So. Yep. We'll talk about it off the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'll get that planned. Yeah. <laughs> just no, think, I, okay, just think if we had three different separate cameras and how oh, many GoPros we be, can run. It would be awesome. I think, I mean, like I was saying earlier, we need to try and get early season. Once I get back from Colorado, we need to try and plan something. Definitely. I think by the time I get back, I think the birds will be here. Or at least, you know, our yeah. pintails and widgeon and mm-hmm. some gadwall start showing up. I know we hunt a lot of the same reservoirs around town. Definitely. Um, so we, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. No, we, we, we got to get on some months, like especially us. Yeah. I mean, we we talked all we talked all last fall, and it just never worked out. Yeah. Like I think the one weekend that it really was close to working out, it was like pheasant pheasant opener, and I, me and my buddies wanted to go pheasant hunting, and of course we get to the place that we like to pheasant hunt. And there's like hundreds of mallards dumping into the pond at this place, and I was I was heartbroken. I, this I always and it happens every year. This year I don't think I'm gonna pheasant hunt on opener. I, I, just, I have such a hard time because I go to South Dakota, so that like scratches my itch, and then I take clients out to BD, like my day to day clients. I, just, I love to pheasant hunt so much, but like it's been rough the last couple of years, and yeah, and then of course the last couple of years I've gone on opener, and there's just been ducks everywhere. So I don't right. I don't think I'm gonna mess. I might hunt in the afternoon. I think you should come out and bring Nala. Like, For pheasant hunting? Yeah. because oh, she's in. Because this spot that I like to pheasant hunt, every year that we've brought a dog, it's been amazing. The birds just hold really tight. There's birds there, but they hold tight. You got to have a dog. Yeah. So I would love, like, I think you would enjoy it. Nala's a really good pheasant hunter. Yeah, actually. I mean, I've watched her videos, and, like, I've seen her work. Like, she can do it. Yeah. We were... So I won't get too long in this story, but we were out to BD and I took some clients a couple of weeks ago and we end up like, Oh, you never told get, me how we that got went. through. It was, Oh, you want to actually hear about this story? Actually I do. I, Straight disaster. Really? Sorry to get so, us off topic, but he get, hasn't even yeah. told me yet. <laughs> let's get this context down. So it's 84 degrees. I'm taking clients. So there's going to be two packs, one with another guy dog. Mm-hmm. And then I'm taking all with like a three or four guys. So there's like, they were going to play in six sections that are smaller and not, like, actual field sections. Mm-hmm. Sections where they have stuff at. So they're going to be 20 and then 20 birds for 20 birds, right? So if anybody doesn't know, a res- like, a reserve, you can choose as many as you want. You can plan as many as you want. It's a special, you know, special deal, special permit. Mm-hmm. So we, he shows me three sections that we're going to work. I worked the first section. We didn't end up finding, like, any. Mm-hmm. And then... I called him and I said, hey, do you, like, you plant these three sections? And I think there was just some miscommunication. But, like, the second section, and the other part of it is because it's fall time, all the cover is, like, super thick. Mm-hmm. So I think the first problem is we needed more than one dog because everything was so thick. And then, two, like, Nala was getting, like, hot quick, so she mm-hmm. wasn't moving as quick. 84 degrees, black dog. Yeah. That gets rough so fast. I I get through the second section. We – I – she gets up one pheasant. He's like two yards from me. I could have grabbed him easy. 
He goes straight up and goes over two guys, and there goes five shells and no birds. Oh, no. <laughs> Next thing you know, she gets up another chucker after they get reloaded, and the chucker does the exact same thing. Like, I think the chucker was probably watching that, that pheasant and was like, oh, I'm just going to do what he does because yeah. they can't hit anything. So I kept walking, got a third one up, went the other, like, it just kind of went straight out and no one shot at it. It was kind of weird, but... So we get to the end, and she's just, like, overheated so bad, like, just laying on the ground. So at this point, like, okay, she's done. There's a pond up there, and I'm like, I'm going to go take her in the pond and cool her off. Mm-hmm. Take her in the pond. She starts drinking water. And I'm like, no, I'll stop. Like, I don't want you to drink pond water because she's mm-hmm. going to throw up. Immediately gets out of the pond, throws up. <laughs> so I call Matt, super, super good. I was like, hey, man, I need another dog out here because gotta, she's got to be done. So then get another guy dog out there. They start rolling, and I'm like, I want to get these guys some good shooting, so let's put 10 of these pheasants in the shorter Milo patch, get them some good shooting, and then we'll go back to the lodge. So they're working the other field with the other guy dog. I, th- I heard a few shots, but I took Nala, and we planted that first one. Well, by that time, because Nala saw all those pheasants, she just wound up again now. She's like, oh, I'm good now. I'm not overheated, right? <laughs> so then we ran her through that Milo patch, between her and the other guide dog, we got all 10 pheasants up, and guess how many of those guys shot? Zero. Two. Uh, yeah. Brutal. There was, a, there was a third one that they had shot at four times. It was 40 yards, and I just, like, whatever, popped in. <laughs> it was dead. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is... They had a good time. That's all that matters. Yeah, That's yeah, all that matters. Well, then, get in the lodge, and I look over, because I'm trying to get some food and talk with those guys, and all is bleeding all over the place. If anybody knows, like, when Milo gets really dry and a dog's panting hard, it'll cut their mouth or cut their tongue, like, really bad. So not not only Nala was bleeding, but the guy dog was bleeding a little bit, uh, too. Okay. So it's not uncommon at all. And I've had it happen even, like, in South Dakota, like, late season. Okay. So I put her, cleaned up the blood, put her in one of the guy dog kennels, give her a little bit of water, she start drinking. So I get some food, start eating. I'm, like, talking to Matt and getting things kind of tied up and look over and she just pukes all over the place (laughs) and i'm like so i clean that up so it's a mix of the blood from her mouth a whole bunch of water and then like saliva it was super gross just horribly gross get it cleaned up and just kind of like settling up with matt for the dinner and drinks everything and i look over and she pukes again i'm like i'm like at this point i'm embarrassed and i've like, I I feel really bad because like, it's brand new lodge. Uh huh. It is a nice lodge. Brand too. new lodge. It is Matt beautiful. has an incredible lodge, and I'm like just sitting here like, oh my gosh, dog. So I'd already told the guys I was going in the elk home with my dad. Mm-hmm. So I I was like, I don't want this dog to throw up again. Like everybody's eating, they're drinking, and so I got out of there, and. I head back for Lincoln. She's in the backseat. She seems to be doing okay. So I'm like, she feels, you could just see that she's just kind of sick, right? So for all the listeners, a little context, I bought a new pickup this summer. Oh, no. I bought a new pickup this summer. Nice. New new 2021 Chevy half ton, right? Looking pretty pristine. That's beautiful. So I felt really bad, and I put her in the front seat because she's not dirty, right? Not two minutes later. (laughs) Threw up like partly on the seat, like in the middle, just everywhere. And I'm like, oh, Nala. So, 
and after this, I'm supposed to, it's 7.30 at night. I'm supposed to drive back to Lincoln, which is an hour, mm-hmm. and then load up in Lincoln and then drive to North Platte, mm-hmm. which is another three and a half, four yeah. hours. So at this point, I'm more worried about Nala just because she had thrown up so much. She's probably dehydrated and from being overheated. So I took her to the vet, and they gave her a hydration shot and then gave her, like, a nausea shot. And I, I wasn't, I was sincerely wasn't that worried, but I was more worried about it being dehydrated. Mm-hmm. So... Of course, spent like 45 minutes at the vet and then drove to North Platte and got there at like 1 a.m. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how my, <laughs> that's how, the, but at the same time, Matt put on a good event for them. They loved it. So, that's all that matters. That's good. that's good. But, so yeah, I wasn't, that whole thing, yeah. I didn't even wear my GoPro. I was going to make a video out of it just for fun, you know? Yeah. But the old content creation this year hasn't gone as well as Same. I had hoped. Yep. Literally going into season, I was like, we're going to, like I told Terrell, because we got three big, big game hunting trips, duck season. I was like, I think we can make like anywhere from 50 to 70 videos yep. this fall. And I have made five. I have two dove hunts, but I'm going to hold on to them until next fall. Yeah. Kind of do like like what some of these content creators have been doing where they pop out videos from the last year to get get everybody's juices flowing. Yeah. So I think I'm but it's been <laughs> Yeah. Of course I've I've got I've got opener, which we didn't kill many birds, but it's gonna be a good video, I think. Yeah. But jumping off into content creation, if anybody hasn't checked him out, Jordan from the Good Life Outdoorsman has a amazing YouTube well, channel. There you go, channel. Yeah. And uh, he kind of puts me to shame, sadly enough, to say. But uh, what are you at now? I think last time you looked, you were at like seventeen hundred or something like that. Um, last time I, I check, two point two, two point two. There you go. So whatever he's doing is event <laughs> must be working. Oh well, I won't out Jordan here, but he I gets a lot ahead. of he gets a lot of help. From Josh from Pig Patrol. I'm not gonna lie. And he you know me what? Up. I can't yeah. even say a whole lot about it because Josh shouted me out in one of his videos. I helped him in one of like he went out west and fished a lake. I got almost 200 subscribers from that alone. I was like, yeah. hey, whenever like whenever you want to go fishing, because <laughs> we fish a lot of the same spots. <laughs> yeah, but definitely. Like I'm not as big of a fisherman. You like your yeah. fishing content does way better than anything I hardly ever put out. Yeah. But I I can't like I like to fish for bass. But I just, <laughs> I can't do it like I did in high school. I used to right. do it all the time, but I'm not outing him too much. But yeah, that is a no, lot. Can, of, he he had a lot of help from that. I can definitely agree with you on that. I actually think like that's something that I think a lot of big contract contractors, <laughs> <laughs> content creators miss out on is the opportunity to help smaller content creators. And Josh from Pig Patrol has helped a lot of people. Like he yeah. really, really has, yeah, and yes. like. I think it's amazing, like, the opportunity he has given some of you guys. Definitely. Like, like, I remember, like, because you've been fishing with him for a while. I've seen, like, when you were really small. Yeah. So. So, Josh from Pig Patrol, you want to shout me out? (laughs) (laughs) Take him him hunting. Help a bro get started. Josh can't, he can barely shoot a fish with a uh, bow. <laughs> we've we've talked about going waterfowl hunting. Really? He wants hey, to. If that happens, holler. Definitely. Like, cause I've talked with Josh a few times on Instagram, and uh, I would I would do whatever to get him into waterfowl. Cause 
his personality, I think he would like it. I really think <laughs> I he think, would. Yeah, I definitely think him and Ashley have actually both told me they want to try really? try hunting. Wow. Yeah. But um, I just don't know if it'll happen. I've asked him a couple times, and he just kind of says, well, maybe next time or maybe next time. But maybe it's one of those things where we just got to find the right kind of gear and just kind of be like, hey, yeah, definitely. do it, try it. Because he has, like, when it comes to the outdoors, he has an extremely addictive personality, I oh, feel definitely. like. like, And, like, the multi-species that he does with, like, fishing, like, yeah. he doesn't fall into one species line. He likes to exactly. do it all. I think he would fall in love with hunting. Oh, I yeah, really definitely. do. I just it, He has that personality. Yep. So how did you get started, like, into YouTube or, like, content creation? I've always just had, a, I don't know, a love or passion for taking pictures and videos, but it was never that good. I, mm-hmm. I took photography in high school and stuff, but I never really took it to a further step out, out past high school. And then, I don't know, I dabbled with GoPros, like cheap GoPros mm-hmm. and filming my stuff, and I just hated it. I absolutely hated it. I despised it. <laughs> and then uh, I got a normal GoPro and, like, I don't know – just meeting people that knew how to use mm-hmm. the camera stuff. And that helped me kind of like figure out like how to use a GoPro and like, cause it's, it's, it's really, I mean, I guess it's press and play, but there's a lot more that goes into it. Yeah. yeah. Cause there's a lot of times like when you're starting out, you miss a lot of clips for, mm-hmm. um, sh- you know, shooting a duck or a hook set or something. You miss a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. And it takes a while to kind of get into your groove, what you like. If you like, you know, editing super long clips mm-hmm. and leaving that, or if you enjoy like the looping style, that's what I've kind of came to love is the looping style, which I just learned this last year. And if you're not familiar with it, it's so you can set like a five to 20 minute time. And so once you press record, it starts recording. And I do the five minute. Mm-hmm. So it starts recording, but once it hits five minutes, your the it, clock stops. It deletes it. It deletes the last five minutes. So once you've hit past five minutes, so like say you are recording for ten minutes mm-hmm. and you hit that, it that first five minutes is gone. Yeah, uh, we've been talking about that in the group because Mike is getting a new GoPro and he's like, "Did you know you could do that?" And I was like, "Yeah, but I have a problem. Like I've." I've taught myself just to leave it on. Yeah. And I like, I'm okay with sifting through the four to five hours of footage. <laughs> um, and you know, I've gotten really good at it. Yeah. But this year I've been trying to train myself by cutting clips. Yeah. And starting and a new video. I always mess so, up. Cause, cause I want, I want to use that because right. like I've had plenty of hunts where, you know, especially if you're trying to film and like, you know, I think I, I, I film most of my stuff in 1440 now, but uh, if you're trying to film at a higher rate, you run out of storage so fast. Definitely. And like, so being able to get used to doing that, like you can make eight hours of hunting into two hours of film. Definitely. But, uh, and that's why I enjoy the looping is because you keep it, you don't, like, I just keep it rolling all the time. And mm-hmm. then when, you know, especially for duck hunting, because duck hunting is, like, out of the blue all the time. Mm-hmm. You're just sitting there. It could be an hour. You don't see a bird. And then all of a sudden, you know, that mid-morning flight 
rolls around and starts to go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Your GoPro's been rolling this whole time, and then finally you can, you know, just close it out. Yeah. Whether it, it has its disadvantages too, because right. what if you forget? Yeah, exactly. Then you lost, you know, maybe a, you know, a really special clip or something. And that's why, like, I've been trying to train myself just to cut clips, mm-hmm. start new videos, because I want to use it. Because, like, that's such a great feature, because I usually yeah. just leave it and run it. But if you, you know, save five, because yep. with waterfowl and fishing, yep. like a five minute period of time on a GoPro for waterfowl or fishing is like a year in film time. Like Definitely. it's crazy how much can happen in five minutes mm-hmm. in both of those areas. Yep. Whereas like with deer hunting, you could watch a deer in a field for 45 minutes before you get an opportunity at oh, it. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, uh, it helps because you can just cut out some of that like space time you know just you know especially like fishing you you could go down one bank cast 50 times and not get one and then mm-hmm. that 51st you, you get one yeah. so then you can just that all that stuff doesn't take up space on your memory cards so that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing yeah. it, it, it a lot of people don't like it but you definitely have to get used to it and i i enjoy using that <clears throat> but where was i Content creation. So the click I, style. The click style does not work in pheasants though, because <laughs> you're just not paying attention for two hours that, while yeah, you're walking. And one. then it's like, oh crap, here and then it's like okay. And then you spend four minutes trying to find the bird that you shot and it's like well, then and then it's gone. <laughs> you're like trying to like get your gun up and click and then move and then mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, yeah. Well and with the looping though, you still click normally like you mm-hmm. would. You just cut out that blank space and you're longer clips yeah so i started you know um like when i first started youtube i think i i just kind of started just like filming um just like crappily my i had like a a canon t6i i've had that for like four years that's what i took pictures on Mm -hmm. so i just started i didn't know i could film with it Mm -hmm. and i just started kind of filming random things just not editing, but just making full clips. Like, yeah. my first video on my YouTube is just, like, a goose hunt, um, a goose and duck um, feed that was in town. I just mm. filmed it, yeah. you know. And then when I first started recording myself, I went ice fishing, just set up my phone. for. The, I went ice fishing for the first time. Mm. Set up my phone and just recorded myself. And then after that, I think that's when I found, I started maybe editing and they weren't the greatest. I never had intros. I didn't talk to my camera. Mm-hmm. You just kind of like learn those things as you get more comfortable in front of a camera because it is it is such a oh, weird experience. It is such a barrier start. that you have to break. The whole like, hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. Like that, you know, like the intro, the talking. It's 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 weird. You, you just got to get used to mm-hmm. it. And I'm definitely way more comfortable now. And then also filming with other creators is definitely a big thing that helps you get out of that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. When I first started fishing with Josh, I barely said a word around him because <laughs> I didn't know, like, he's recording, you know, he was kind of a big thing when I first met him. And uh-huh. I was like, I don't know if I should talk to him right now or... <laughs> Go um, into that. How did you guys even, like, meet or, like, get together to fish for the first time? Because um, I just remember you popping up and then you were on, like, four or five videos in a short period of time. Yep. And I was like, who is this Jordan dude? And then your videos started coming out. I was like, so okay. one of my buddies um, actually used to fish with him a ton. And I, oh, okay. I don't know if he still does fish with him a ton, but he he used to fish, catfish, do a lot of the catfishing with mm-hmm. um, Josh. And so this, uh, my 
my buddy, he, he had known Flair, he had known Milliken, he's mm. taken them all to like a private pond and he's, he's kind of like been in all of their videos, which okay. is pretty neat. And yeah. I, I had met him and so I kind of was familiar with Josh and met him on Instagram and I think we had, you know, chatted back and forth and one day I just seen him out fishing and then we introduced each other and then I think it was ice season and we just were at the, just a local lake and we just ran into each other and from there i invited him out ice fishing one time because we had found some crappies and he he knew the place mm -hmm. and he came out and then that was the first video i had been in and then after that he just kind of we just kind of kept ice fishing and then it kind of just ice fishing went on i didn't ice fish him too much and then it just he invited me spillway fishing for the first time and then i started that's i think when i started really um, creating content, and I think it was mainly, you know, it had to, I definitely would say that he had a part to do with that, because mm -hmm. I loved what he was doing, I loved his, his content. His style and his banter, and I'm not trying to just, like, talk about Josh, right. but, like, it, it really, he's become one of my favorite and content creators. On and off camera, he is the same person. He is oh. the most humble person I have met, and I've met some other YouTubers that I could say, probably differently about mm -hmm. you know they're no. different on and off camera yeah. but yeah he's the, the same Red hunter dude he's kind of yeah. weird yeah no i trell's run into him at like the grocery store and the gas station a couple times yeah. and he literally like i've never run into him i've talked to him on instagram mm -hmm. like we've like given each other hit, tips and whatnot plenty of times but i've never run into him trell's like he is the same person definitely like yeah. as he is on camera and i was like that doesn't surprise me mm -hmm. so yep so we uh we just started fishing after that and then uh it just kind of grew we just started hanging out more and then uh this last season was probably like our biggest milestone i just i ice fish with him like every day i just got the opportunity i didn't i work landscaping so in the winter mm -hmm. i don't really work yeah <laughs> which I was okay with because I got into ice fishing and uh, he loves ice fishing. So we just ended up, we're, we live pretty close to each other. It just worked out that, you know, I just went with him every day. And that's, I think where a lot of my um, channel growth came from was this last ice season. Yeah. The content was really easy to make because you can get out every day mm -hmm. and ice fishing, you just don't know what you're going to catch most of the time unless you're targeting species. Yeah. And we did really good on the catfish, and I think that's where my channel kind of boosted, were those videos in general when you, just did very well. Were you fishing with him when he was catching all those musky? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember those videos. Like, yep. you guys found a couple of them. Yep. Which, yeah, which is just insane. Yeah. I, I had a chance. I had one hooked up, but I lost it. I've had <laughs> three hooked up in my life. Two of them popped off. One, before I even knew what it was, I was crappie fishing, and it just, like, when I saw what it was, I reached down for the drag, and it went, and I was like, crap. <laughs> and then I've had one at my feet that I was reaching down to grab, didn't have a net, gone. And then my buddy Micah, which, Hunter's seen Micah on my videos, but, yeah. oh, you met him when we went dove hunting. Yeah. But he's a spaz. ADHD, <laughs> out of his mind, he caught a 38-incher, 10 feet from me 
on eight pound mono with a chatter bait <laughs> and i was like are you kidding me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy i was so mad but my first muskie was on a ned rig if anyone's familiar with oh that. my goodness on six pound <laughs> test oh. <laughs> perfect wow it was a lucky catch for sure and uh yeah muskies are fun mm-hmm. they're well and we don't really have many around here no. which is pretty special so and the one lake that does have a good number of them is kind of dwindled definitely in the last because you know josh fishes it quite a bit and people mm-hmm. like people are smart and yeah. you can keep them in that lake which is sad in my opinion but, definitely um, and i i've watched people keep them there that's sad i watched one guy uh, gaff one Ooh. that was two inches short so he had to throw it back and this thing was dead i was like i literally was like are you kidding me Another day, another conversation. Yeah, sorry, we're kind of just gone. Just random rants. That's what it's about. That's what we're here to BS about. I'm sure everybody who listens to us is like, man, these guys can't stay on topic for more than like two minutes (laughs) because we are all over the place. But I've always liked podcasts like that. Like that's why I like Meat Eater. Those guys like. (laughs) Well, just. I just uh, that's my thing is I, I this is a podcast to be authentic about Definitely. and like I want it to be like hey we're sitting around a campfire <coughs> drinking beer yeah and we need regular bush lights and so this apple crap <laughs> <laughs> should have brought my crown out I really should have but I didn't <laughs> I have to pause this <laughs> I'm just kidding but speaking about content creation how how like I'm looking forward to your opening day video. So you texted me and said your opening day was pretty interesting. I got to hear the story. So that part was not filmed. Oh, no. Come on. It was leading up to shooting light. This is three hours before shooting light. This would be like public land. Oh, public land. Well, you know what's funny is you were telling me about that, and we We kind of had a not exactly the same situation, but I'll let you tell your situation, then I'll tell mine because it won't even compare. But <laughs> so this particular public land is very popular, very popular, very. And I don't hunt it because it's popular. We've hunted it because it's a tradition to us. Mm-hmm. We started hunting this four years ago as a group, and you know that that makes a little more sense because I like I was talking to Hunter. I was like, yeah, Jordan went to that place, and I was like. He always goes there, and I was wondering why, because it's a cluster. Yeah. It is a mad cluster. But tradition, I used to have a spot that we did that tradition. It's, it's been bad for the last couple of years, so we had to we had to switch it up. When I first started hunting it, it wasn't bad. You didn't have to, right. I mean, camp. <laughs> oh. Um, but it's it's been a tradition to us, and that's why we hunt it. it it's opening day. You're going to see birds. Mm-hmm. And it's just the fun for us getting everyone back out together and dealing with the crappy Nebraska mud and the long walks. It's, it's not the fun, but that's just part of waterfowl and we love it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so the last two years, uh, maybe, maybe just last year, I mean, it was as bad as I got there at 5 PM Friday before Mm -hmm. opener. I'll never do that again. It's unnecessary. Yeah. (laughs) But I enjoyed it. I, uh, I didn't, so, going back to your guys's podcast a few back about the camping, mm-hmm. I learned about that last year, and never did we ever 
do anything that wasn't right. We just hung out in the parking yeah. lot. Yeah. But uh, we did talk to a warden, and he had explained to us the same thing. You can't step foot on the property until midnight, and you can't bring your stuff out. That's but f- he never had told me anything about the sleeping or... Because that's a federal one, right? It is, okay. yeah. And so we were like, oh, wow, that's great to know. I actually learned about that this year yeah, for that's our opening crazy. deal. Yeah, like, I didn't even know that information, and I was like prepping my blind to go set up that warden showed up at the perfect time and he busted someone else i don't i mean he was and they didn't pick up their phones didn't come back and he was like yeah in the morning they're gonna get screwed um so yeah for anybody who does it doesn't know in nebraska if you're on a federal and i'm guessing it probably is statewide for federal you can't step foot in the marsh until midnight of opener like and that's fair and you can't have a camper nothing no tent depending on the game warden like the game warden i ran into opening day of teal he was like if you're sleeping in your truck i don't really care but you can't have a camper or any tent and even then he's like some game wardens might get you for sleeping in your like you you need to be awake if you're gonna be there yep so sorry, I just no, oh, yeah, valid, See, yeah, inf- valid think, information. I think he could, they could probably get away with it on that one because there's a public road right there. Definitely, and I've never, yeah, I've personally never seen a game warden the night before. There always is. Actually, uh, this is the first opening year that I have not been checked. Hmm. We seen them leave on opening teal. We were just the last ones out, yeah. so they most likely probably ran our plates and checked us. Mm-hmm. But on opening day, we did not run into one, which was odd. Yeah, we get checked every opener. In fact, but, yeah, I got a story that I had to say off podcast because I'm not sure if he's going to be <laughs> okay with me talking about it yet. But Mike has got a situation he'd like to talk about on a podcast sometime <laughs> that he uh, ran into uh, on Saturday. Hey, I'm welcome. That'd be fun. <laughs> so, so this particular opener, we got there at 11 p.m., which isn't too early, but says some maybe early. Yeah. Um, and we waited and then walked walked over about 1230 and because uh, we just started seeing some lights and we mm-hmm. just wanted to make sure, you know, we're getting the spot that we wanted. Yeah. So we go out and uh, we set our spread and just sat there. We just kicked our lawn chairs up right on the bank next to our spread. and Just waiting for just sunrise. waited. And uh, the other two that were joining us got there about 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So we just kicked back. Kicked up the iPad and watched Step Brothers. Nice. So made the time go by. But um, so he just become best friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he tell he calls me and said that they just got there and a, a truck had pulled up behind them. Asked them where they were going. They said uh, where we were we were at mm-hmm. and said that we were already out there. They get out there and then maybe forty minutes go by. And we hear someone trucking, you know, talking, trucking through the weeds on the office on the north side. We were sitting up on the south. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, we hear them hit water. Mm-hmm. So we, we we had our lights on. We had like a, a lantern hanging on the mojo yeah. pole. And um, we, you know, we just typically you just shine your light towards people to let them know like, hey, there's somebody here, you know, in case you want to. Yeah. And this particular pond, you've hunted it, is maybe 90 yards across maybe yeah. even less 
you could get two groups in there, but it, you'd have to have two respectful groups. Like if there's birds working, you only like shoot when you finished, and you can only shoot in like a certain direction. Definitely, um, you can shoot across this pond. I mean, mm-hmm. your yeah. your shot will hit across this pond yeah. clear as day. I mean, if there's a swimmer, you can water swat it to finish it off across. Yeah, yeah suck it's it, pintail. <laughs> <laughs> got one it's, last year it's not it's not that big so he trucks through they keep coming kind of closer and closer and he's just like we're just got our lights we didn't say anything we just got our lights pointed towards them he's getting closer and he's just starting to make remarks like oh man these guys got a lot of decoys out they're in, they're set up on the wrong spot so we're hanging out on the south west corner that's not where we were hunting we were just yeah. hanging out there. Our spot was on the southeast corner because we had, we the had wind. Southeast wind on. Over. They, we just weren't sitting where we were gonna sit. Mm-hmm. So he's talking, and all of a sudden, he's just. I mean, it voices travel when uh-huh. you're out there at night, so yeah. you can hear him clear as day. And he's he's saying, you know, uh, he's tired. He's not going anywhere. And we're like, hey, and this is when we finally said, like, hey, man, like, this pond is not big enough. Yeah. Um, and you know. We're like, we've been here for a while. We've been set up. And, you know, he, we're like, there's another one 150 yards east. No one's on it. And he just started cussing and uh. saying, you know, these words and saying, I'm not leaving. Like, we're like, come on, man. Like, it's just not. It's just not logical. Yeah, exactly. And we just didn't even say anything. And he was just being rude. And, and then he ended up going over and to the other pond. And, uh. Yeah, that was just one of those things. It's like he probably knew he messed up. He got there late. But the thing is, like, everyone has the same opportunity. I mean, yes, some people can't get off work. But 1030 Mm -hmm. midnight, I mean, you're probably not working. Yeah. Most of them. Everyone has the same opportunity to get there at midnight. Everyone has the same opportunity and the same struggle to walk through public land no matter what it is. Everyone works hard to do it for public land. That's just part of it. And yeah. he was just so rude and disrespectful. The fact that he just didn't own up and was like, all right, I need to go find something else right away. He was just, I'm going to sit up right on them, yeah. which it, it wouldn't have worked out. I don't know what he was logically thinking, how it would have played out come shooting light. I mean, yeah. well, and I just don't get why when you know that there's another pond, just a little for, I mean, 150 yards to a waterfowler, that ain't much. No, definitely like, not. I mean, I, for instance, to get into where we got in, we walked. I measured it on Onyx. It was just over 800 yards. Like, we walked. We walked to get to our spot, and we ended up having to walk further because of some guys, too. So Yeah, definitely. The, the This walk in particular is like 860 or something like that. And uh, he ended up choosing a different pond, and they, it sounded like they did better than us, so good for them. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. There, I talked to, I was talking to, you know, the people I hunted with today, and it's like, you know, if we would, what we did was probably the best thing to do. There's no reason to, you know, start an argument in the middle of the night. And I was gonna say that we just stayed quiet. That's about exactly how, like, that's almost all you can do without causing a super issue. You said, "Hey, probably not a great idea." He got angry about it, and you guys just backed off, like. Getting angry, like, because I've seen that. I've seen people fight in the marsh, maybe not physically, but, you know, arguing 
definitely. And yes, it's like no need. arguing at each other is not going to help. Um, yeah, the person who came in last needs to own up and understand that. But at the same time, sometimes you can't change those people's minds. And if you get into a super big fight, mm-hmm. it's not easy to be like, hey, let's be respectful towards each other. Yeah. Like, not that that is optimal in that situation for both of you to have set up in that pond. But if you did, like, an argument, a massive argument in the morning could have caused a huge issue. Definitely. Kind of almost to the point that you probably could have come to a point where you could have called a game warden on it because it's, like, unnecessary. But I don't even want to think of how it would have played out if he didn't leave, you know. But I'm just glad it ended the way it did and Mm -hmm. he just walked away. That's good. He probably... You know, he probably realized how nice you guys were about it, it in you know, yeah, within reason, and was probably just like, looked at it, caught his breath a little bit, and was like, "There's no one in this pond over here. Yeah, it's an extra 150 yards. Yeah, that sucks. But then we're both having a good time, and there's mm-hmm. no one on top of each other, and that like, that's what everybody should think. Definitely. Like, I get that you're tired in the morning, but mm-hmm. so. Of course, after all this with Jordan's <laughs> morning, which I had, I didn't even tell you this because you you messaged me and you're like, just had a guy walk up six yards on us and try and set up. Yep, and I was right. like, we're in our spot already. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I completely forgot what had happened to me in the morning, <laughs> which was, so I got to my spot like, uh, I think I decided where I was going to hunt by like seven o'clock or something like that. Like I was there pretty early because mm-hmm. like I always like to get off work and like I scout a bunch. And when I find birds that like a lot of birds, I find birds and this had a lot of birds and had specks, which ended up being great for me because I shot one. Nice. Um, but so I fell asleep around like midnight and I had my alarm set for three o'clock. My alarm goes off. And I wake up, and there's literally lights exactly where I wanted to sit. <laughs> and there's like four entrances into this marsh. All of them are seven to 900 yards worth of walking to get to that point. Definitely. And I literally was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and there's only two main parking lots where people park. No trucks by us. They came in. Actually, I think they came in from a parking lot that you're actually not allowed to park at. Uh, it's kind of an odd, there's like private and there's a house and you're not really supposed to park there, but you can drop people off. It's weird. And I literally fly out of my truck. I knock on trail in Micah's window and I was like, we got to go. And of course <laughs> they sat up right where I wanted. I walked down there and I just was like, Hey, how's it going? I was like, where are you? He's like, where are you guys thinking about going? I was like, well, truth be told, you set up right where we were going to go. I, you know, I was tired. I wasn't mean about it, but I kind of just was like, you know, I wish you guys would have come and knocked on our door and been like, hey, you guys were here first. Where were you planning on going? And they just kind of snuck in there. But I've had that happen to me before. Yeah, definitely. Um, luckily, this marsh, did, we, I mean, we had the perfect number of groups in there, and so it wasn't terrible. I just moved our spread 200 yards down the bank, and actually, those guys... Okay, they didn't exactly set up where I wanted to. They were actually, let's see, that would have been like, they were about 50 to 60 yards east of where I would have sat. And I don't know how many birds I watched land right where I would have sat. 
but they were too far for these guys to do anything about it. And it, they didn't actually shoot that much. But if they had sat exactly where I wanted to, they would have had an amazing morning. And we, we did way better than them. I know that. So worked out. But like yeah. I was super frustrated at, frustrated <laughs> about it. But at the same time, I was like, it's okay. And then you messaged me, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jordan it's, almost got in a fight. <laughs> that's, like, one of the only kind of scenarios. I know Hunter and I have one. I'll, I'll tell that story in a second. Oh, but, my God. <laughs> and the, it's the same spot, yeah. too. But so the particular marsh that we hunt, everyone, every year that we've gone, everyone shows up early. Mm-hmm. And some show up earlier than others. But everyone has just been so, like, friendly about it everyone gathers in the parking lot we mm-hmm. discuss you know where everyone's hunting and usually it works out where everyone has just chosen a separate spot and you don't have to be like you know yeah fight about it or talk about it or like okay well maybe you know make a different decision it always works out where everyone has chosen their spot and most of the time it's because we take we go to the longest one mm-hmm. and everyone else chooses the easiest yeah and it, it's always been like that. But then you get those people at 3, 4 a.m. that just pull up, don't say a word, already got their waders on, and book it, you know? Yep. Had that happen to me <laughs> a couple of years ago. And I feel like that's there's there's those people. And, yeah. Yeah. But it... So, Hunter and I... Oh. I take Hunter to the spot, and at this particular time, the birds were doing it pretty good. And we had a good hunt, I think. The, what's... Yeah, that was we was that the Saturday before or was that no? I'm trying to think. Yeah, we hunted the Saturday before because I, I had to go to church and you guys end up finishing your guys' limit off. Yep. So funny story. I told him, I was like, I gotta go to church, like I'm heading out <laughs> and I said, You guys need to stay here and I think it was like nine, I booked it out of there yes. to go to church. I said, You guys need to stay at eleven and they're mm-hmm. like Yeah, you're probably right. And they like I remember him t- calling me afterward, he's like Due to like 10.30, 10.45, I was like starving. But we stuck it out till 11, and like I guess the mallard just started pouring in. It was o'clock. the weirdest thing. It's just like I, th- I had found this kind of scenario like the week before. Mm-hmm. I went hunting by myself. Or no, I had taken a, a friend out. who had ne- He was new to Nebraska, mm-hmm. never had hunted around here. I'd seen him on Facebook. I was like, oh, I'll take you out. You have your little early morning flight, like, right away, mm-hmm. and then nothing. It was dead. And I, I you know, I, I'm taking this brand-new guy out, and I was like, well, we're not going to give up early. Everyone left the marsh. 10.30 hits. Mallards were just coming back from a feed, just dumping. And we were the only people out there, and it just became amazing. The Pat, next two weekends, same thing happened. And we stuck it out. And Hunter came, and... We, we shot some birds, and then, yeah, same thing. We were just, like, sitting there, and all of a sudden, we just hear, you know, the... Yeah. And we look up, and, like, Dylan, do not move. Yeah. Like, 30 mallards just don't. Yeah. And then... <laughs> I've, had, I've had that happen a few times as well. Like, I... The birds are smart. They really are, especially mallards. Mallards are... Definitely, and this was late. Like, crazy stupid smart. November, probably... Like I've had, like I had one hunt in particular last year where I was hunting by myself, and I just had all day. I was like, I'm just gonna sit till at least like noon, mm-hmm. and it's it's one of the local spots around town and yep. that I like to hunt a lot. And I just was like, I shot a couple geese, I shot a hen mallard, and 
And then I was like, you know, I'll just sit here. There wasn't many birds in the area, but we had a good north wind. Yep. And sure enough, like 10, 10, 15, like 50 mallards and a bunch of, a couple of widgeons just, I just, I heard the whoosh over my head yeah. and I was like, where? And sure enough, I just saw this wad yeah. of ducks <laughs> just circling the marsh and I was like, oh my goodness, this is good. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the bigger flocks of mallards I'd ever seen. Like, and it sounds kind of sad, but like I hunt water mostly. So you don't, you don't see crazy Definitely. big groups of birds all that often, mm-hmm. but it's a testament to how smart those birds are Definitely. and how quickly they, they learn that the, like they're probably sitting on water that people can't get to. And they probably hear those trucks start and, or, you know, people get loud when they're leaving mm-hmm. and they probably hear that or they just know like most people are gone by 10 o'clock. I they feel want, like that's something they want to watch it. football. They get hungry. <laughs> they want to go get a couple beers like Nebraskans. I mean, we, I mean, they start drinking at nine o'clock. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, days. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. And that that's one of those things is like a lot of the time we, we don't have anything to do and I'm, I'm not huge into sports, so I'm not like at the games all the time. Yeah. And, I'll sit out there. I don't, I mean, I'm not really there for the limit. I just love being out there. Mm-hmm. And if it's not freezing, I'm, I'm sitting out there most yeah. of the day. And that was one of the things. And so Hunter and I, I invite Hunter out and I met a guy in a parking lot. He had pulled up next to me. He was hunting by himself. I invited him along. Nice kid. He had a dog that he was training, I believe. It, you know, was, it, was, a, it was his it was, first year. Yep. So he's like just kind of getting around. Like third or fourth hunt. And, uh, so we get out to this pond and, uh, we're hunting, and well, I don't even know. I think it was, like, right at shooting. Like, we, you know, it was just one of those colder mornings, and not a lot of people were out there, so we waited to walk. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, like, this old uh, abandoned road that doesn't really – it's, like, dirt, but it's just way overgrown, and no one mm-hmm. uses. All of a sudden, we start seeing lights come down this road, mm-hmm. and it's maybe – it's, like, a 200-yard – away from where we were sitting on the pond Mm -hmm. and it's there's a creek so it ends the bridge is out and there's a creek Mm -hmm. well these guys stop there see our lights and see us hunting and they just sat right there they realized there was a creek they threw a mojo right in the ground and stood by a light pole not even near water the, the creek was like 40 yards from them, 50 yards. Well, that's like 40 yards out, and then there's like a 10 yard drop. Yeah. I didn't even put decoys I, in the I've creek. Been, I've driven around it's, this marsh, but I've, I've just never Literally, hunted. like they. I think I know what actually kind of area it's like on the, well, it's like the southeast end, or yeah. There's there's like a, it's like a four foot creek. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. small stream yeah. that runs through this. And this was a, it was a good hunt. We shot quite a few birds but and the problem was is these guys they didn't even try they just literally put the mojo in the dirt in the grass and stood by a light pole well the problem with that was is we had birds working us you know two 200 yards away they're just wailing on their calls the whole time and that's just throwing the birds off the whole time it it kind of ruined our hunt because we had good amounts of birds working us so these i mean i'm a i'm a 
I, I like to say that I'm a, a pretty decent caller. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I get, one I like of, the, you're, you're one of the better people I've ever hunted with. I'm not on the line. So <laughs> these mallards would come out. They would come to 75 yards every time. Mm-hmm. And then they would just pick up and go. And I'm like, what is going on? Because every time they'd get up, come behind us, and come around, and I would, you know, jabber at them, and they'd flip their head, and they'd come back. Mm-hmm. And it happened four times in a row. And finally, after the fourth time, I just quit calling. I was like, maybe if I just quit calling, I'll just, I'll just, you know, quack at them. Maybe they'll finish or something. Mm-hmm. I, I listen over, and I'm like, I just hear this, like, wailing. And I'm like, what the heck is that? And I'm like, some dude's, like, trying to duck call. And these mallards finally decided to take off, and I, like, stood up. There's this dude just... Standing. We've seen their mojo. Yeah, just standing there. Like, just, like, put some, like, decoys in the creek and, like, yeah. see if you can't get a wood duck or something. But that was one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had. Hmm. But they ruined my 30-pack of mallards. <laughs> that's that's a brutal feeling. And then Hunter, Hunter and the kid leave. Yep. The guys leave. I stick it out till noon. And I finished my mallard limit. I think, <laughs> I, remember, like, I think I was following like your Instagram story on that one. Like yeah. you just kept it was like one more mallard, another mallard. Yeah. I was like, well, damn. Like I knew where you were hunting, and I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things. Like they showed up again and got defeated, and they just didn't, you know, even try to go find a different spot or leave. Like go, you know, if I. I mean, well, there's two big ponds there on like the east side that you can at least find something to do there's, with. Yeah, and they just the fact that they just put a mojo in the dirt in some tall grass and just ruined our hunt basically. But I, yeah, I don't I don't know what goes through some people's minds exactly. sometimes. <laughs> You'll like, never we'll never know. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some crazy things out That's, on the marsh. I mean, even this weekend on opener, I had there was two guys that kind of put out like four mojos which even on an opener for big duck i was like that's that's a lot of mojos in my (laughs) opinion like i'm one or two mojos most i think i've ever seen is in our spread is three i've seen five but that was teal season Mm -hmm. so it's different because in teal like they'll hit those things like they'll hit the mojos but and they were just standing i mean they stood the whole day pretty much and they they were sky busting a little bit and i just was like and they were wailing a little bit so like i've seen some weird things yeah i've also seen some weird things that i've gone that should not have worked but they shot a (laughs) lot of birds like (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know what goes through people's minds sometimes like it's crazy Mm -hmm. the waterfowl world you've got it's there, it doesn't seem like there's a great in between. You've got people that do everything absolutely right or just don't care. Like when it comes to morals, ethics, respect towards others, there's just it's kind of sad that there's at least not a good middle ground. But it seems like you're either talking to everybody in the in the parking lot, making sure where they're going, or uh, walking up on them, you know, two hours before shooting light after they've been there for hours, or Sneaking into the marsh without talking to people <laughs> and seeing where they're going. And it's just it's just something that's kind of become normalized a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it just causes fights, which is, is sad for me. Like, Definitely. I mean, I, 
two guys beat me to my spot on Saturday. I talked to them, and they, like, I warned them. I was like, I'd heard about this spot for opening teal. There was a group of guys that came in and sat on people, basically. And I was like, just going to say, that might happen. And those guys were like, well, if that happens, there's going to be some words. And, like, <laughs> I mean, they were like, that's not happening. And I was right. like, well, okay. It is what it is. Gosh, you love to say that. Heck yeah. <laughs> Just know that all these L's are going to turn into a dub when I kill a bunch of ducks this you, weekend. You are going to shoot a bunch of ducks this weekend when I'm gone. It's, I better see it. I'll trade you an elk picture for some duck pictures. How about that? <laughs> I'm fine with that. As long as I get elk meat. I'll trade you the say. duck meat. <laughs> Fair trade. Well, if, I, if I shoot an elk, we'll do steaks. That'd be good. Some. <laughs> Maybe we'll get Jordan over for some elk steaks. Sounds good. Elk steaks and elk stories. Dude, oh, yeah. So that, for listeners, that's a, another podcast we're planning to do. It's just finding out or figuring out a time we can do it because we want to do Terrell story. We want to talk about yours when you get back. And then I have some wicked stories from my dad's elk hunt. Like, it was insane. But I don't, I don't want to get out ahead of it too much. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to do one part or two part stories, but I feel like if we do one part, it's going to be like almost two hours. <laughs> I was going to say, I People think gonna we're going like, to almost have to do two parts. That wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. But I think that kind of wraps it up. You have anything you want to ask him before we get off? Oh, I don't know. We just got to figure out a time to hunt. Definitely. Like, yeah. honestly, like, uh, this is super cool, like, getting to finally meet you like we've talked so many times over instagram we talked about hunting several times last year we shared spots and it's kind of like i did the same thing with hunter yeah. like we talked for a long time finally made it happen like just being able to connect get face to face share stories kind of like make that connection i think i think we i think it'll make yeah. make it fun in the future i think we'll get on some hunts yeah for sure We'll get on some reservoir hunting. Yeah. Apparently that's all that has water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. Actually, like, I'm pumped for the rest of the season. Like, as soon as we get a good, which is why I'm sad that I'm going to be gone this weekend, because yeah. so you guys are probably going to see a bunch of pintails this weekend. I almost guarantee it. Because um, we've got water. Like, yeah. we really do. Like, everything in the basin that the state will fill is pretty much full. <gasps> you hunt in the basin? <gasps> oh! Oh my goodness, I hunt in the basin. The most popular place to hunt in Nebraska. <laughs> I know. But I don't know. I, I actually no, the plat is probably the most popular place to hunt in Nebraska. I don't know about that either. I think Morel McConaughey and that reservation, I think it's hunt a lot. Well, I consider that the plat essentially. Okay. All right. like I mean that reservation comes from the plat. I mean Yeah understand but that is that is a popular area i've always wanted to go there but i've just never pulled the trigger on trying to get a reservation i've had i've had a few experiences up there that's pretty wicked yeah well, we'll get into that but <laughs> i'd love to hear about them sometime let's just say oh, there was a swan that swooped by and died and it wouldn't taken but five minutes before some game wardens came were you there when somebody shot one of the swans it was really foggy outside 
It wasn't from your group, was it? No. Okay. Went down to the other <laughs> pond, watched him die. <laughs> <laughs> what? For another day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not to go into it, but Matt from High Prairie was telling me about there was one time where somebody shot two out there and tried to call them Snokies. <laughs> I was like, oh, how do man. you call them Snokies? He walked out with them. It's <laughs> <That's big snowgers. laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this last year when I was out there, when we goose hunted out there, I had never seen so many swans like it's not just one it was flocks even when i was out there in january hunting the area we saw a ton yeah like a ton there's a bunch out there now i got videos of it on my phone but yeah it's like flocks of like 20 yeah it's crazy like oh my gosh yeah but all right i think that uh wraps up um yeah i look forward to the next one look forward to elk hunting stories and hope to get a trip planned with you guys so definitely We'll get on something. So, before we get going, shout out your uh, your YouTube and your socials. Uh, my Instagram and YouTube is Good Life Outdoorsman. That's about all I got right now. Perfect, Jeremy. Yeah, just same old, same old. Check us out on YouTube and Instagram at Huntfish Three Sixty Five. So especially in the next week, because I'm the loser in the YouTube world. So don't subscribe to them because <laughs> they've already got plenty. <laughs> I don't know about just, that. I got just, a long ways to go to catch up to Jordan. Just kind of. <laughs> subscribe to you bigger and hunters but uh while you're at it you might as well subscribe on the podcast leave a rating or review because we really appreciate it look forward to podcast gum all right guys thanks for spending some time with us have a good day